Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Look, as a trailer, I'm just going to come out and say this. This is in my top three most fun, most enjoyable podcasts I've ever recorded. There, how's that for an intro? I am joined by Leon and Ross, who are an alternative UK hip-hop act. Um, it's a weird way to describe them. Just, they're awesome, they're fun, they make absolute bangers, and I absolutely love them. So, I emailed them a couple, about a month ago, they came on, it was great. Obviously, we're in lockdown still, so through the powers of clever editing and audio technology, we did this over Zoom. But, because I am a massive nerd, I have great microphone equipment. They're a hip-hop act, they have awesome microphone equipment. So through the powers of clever editing, I managed to make it sound seamless, even though we're in three different parts of the country. So I got to geek out over music that I absolutely love, talk about producers that you've worked with that I love, talk about what it's like to play live, what it's like to create your own band, the moment when they first went out on stage, who they've, they've kind of supported, they've gone all around the world traveling, what it's like to be stuck at home for the last year during COVID, the excitement of playing new festivals, we talk about loads. So I really hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, share it if you like it. And as a special bonus, if you go on to createmorepodcasts.com, which is our podcast website, there's the YouTube video as well if you want to watch it live, um, which I think is really funny as well. So I really hope you enjoy the podcast and listen to the end to find out who's on next week's episode. Bye. It was in the mountains, it was freezing cold, and I sharted in the middle of a sound check. <laughs> and, and it's and it like snowy and icy. So I'm on the stage, you have to go up like sort of like 12 steps to get up to the stage, big stage. And I, and I was like, oh God. So I just walked back, waddled to the back of the stage, put my cordless mic down, and then waddled off the stage, and then I had to get down the steps, which was so awkward and then it was all in the floor was all icy so i'm slipping along this floor to try and find the toilet then i'm just in the queue for this random toilet just like oh my god this is the worst thing ever brand new calvins i had to take them off and leave them beyond the cistern this sounds like a night that you know like a kid's nightmare you have that's you, you're on stage that's <laughs> literally the yeah. worst thing that could happen yeah you're like ross well, it's all gone backwards it's all gone backwards it's one of the worst things yeah, I really cheers. want to use that for the podcast intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel. I mean, you could choose one of my two shit stories in the first ten minutes. To be honest, we should say Leon was late because he was also having a shit. So that's maybe. Yeah. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> um, well, do you know what I've been doing? You can't see my screen. I've been doing like I look like a weird stalker slash serial killer in terms of research that I've done on you today. I've even got my kids jumping around to music that you've been doing earlier. They were oh. like, "Daddy, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Do you know what? Daddy's not doing something boring today. Daddy's doing something fucking cool." <laughs> and they were like bouncing around. And do you know what I was gonna I was gonna do something fun at the beginning. If you're listening to this. Uh, obviously, I'll let you guys introduce yourself in a second. It's too many T's, but I was going to say stop the podcast, go on to Spotify or your music provider of choice, and I was going to say my three favourite songs, and you can agree with them or disagree, and you can <laughs> chime in. I'm going to choose three songs you have to listen to, okay? So I love 
better than is just the song that for some reason my son loves as well. It's the one song that I've had from yours. I've tried to learn the lyrics. <laughs> I haven't yeah. done that since like an Eminem song a while ago. So that's Amazing. one of my favorite songs. And then grew up in the 90s. I'll come back to you later. And then the other one, I can't decide. You can decide is Panther or Start a Fight. I'll let you decide which one is the better one of those two. Start the Fire. Okay. There you go. Those are, you stop, listen to those, and then come back to the podcast interview. But yeah, those are, those are my, my three favorite. Nice. What a, a which, selection. Real, yeah. real varied selection of like styles yeah. of, of tunes that we do, which is, which is cool. Cause we, well, um, I was, yeah, go on. We like, um, yeah, we often just like go on mad tangents and like do something like better than that's more like a grime tune, you know, than, uh, than a hip hop song. And um, yeah, that's it. We just, we just go off yeah. tangent and do whatever it's like we, if like, we get inspired. Like in it's yeah. like if we get inspired by something like that better than that just came from a night ross got super inspired and was jamming to was it a flux pavilion we were writing our debut album of flux pavilion you went on to listen to one of his live sets he played a tune and all of a yeah. sudden you just we, randomly came out better than this and i'm better than that and it's like yeah. oh my god this yeah, is an yeah, idea yeah, yeah. it was we, we, were, we were buzzing we'd like been in the studio with flux that night and um and we, we, the album was just going well and we were like buzzing and every time we were around there to like write songs and record with him, he had like this big collection of whiskey and like uh, he had like these four different shelves and it was like 50 pound and under, 50 to 100 pounds shelf two, 100 pounds to 500 pounds shelf three and 500 pound over shelf four. And like you knew how happy he was because with the <laughs> day's recording because he'd tell you to get a bottle off like a higher shelf if he was happy. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that day was a good day, I think. And he was going to do a, this gig, yeah, that he was streaming. So I tuned into the stream when I got home and I was like a little bit drunk and there was this dubstep tune that was playing and I just started, yeah, writing better than. It just sort of came out of nowhere, like really. It's just it was a mad. Re- wrote the whole wrote the whole verse as well, like that night, you know. Which it's just a really usually. funny song as well. I think that's what yeah. I, I like. I like trying to learn all the lyrics. It makes me laugh. I was trying to do it to my wife, and she was like, "Stop! Like you're just doing it at me." <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you had the follow up? Yeah, tougher than right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They're, they're both brilliant. Uh, yeah. What what el- what other ones do you think we should do? We've been contemplating it for a while. What tougher Quick, than? Like, but- fa- like faster than. <laughs> quick quicker than well i just i i like the lines actually Strong i was going through them i was going to say which ones do i agree with or disagree with and i was like better than porn i was like mm, you guys are good are you you're better than porn i don't know it's a bold yeah. statement got a bit of class i think it's the next line which is hilarious better than porn got a bit of class like... <laughs> it, was Wait, to, it was supposed to mean like i'd i'd, I'd recently Around that time, I'd stopped watching any porn like months before, and it was like I'm better than porn. I've got a better class. That's like the mm-hmm. line. I see. Okay, he, well, he that's... watched a lot. <laughs> watched... <laughs> it's on the TV again. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God! Every time I open my laptop, it just it's just on. <laughs> I have a confession to make. Actually, I actually thought I heard, I saw an inter- <laughs> watched porn. I watched a ton of porn. I saw I saw an interview with you, and you referenced each other as Standaloft, Standaloft, and Rhymes. And I thought that was your like, I thought that was your nicknames. I didn't actually realise those were your surnames, Ross Standalot and Leon Rhymes. Didn't uh, <laughs> it's an overly convenient second name for Leon? Yeah, you or you could almost think that it it wasn't the real name, you know, and I just created it to fit what I do. Are you saying that's what it is? 
Is it? Is this an audio or visual thing? Both. <laughs> uh, both. It is. Yeah. It is. Ah. My, okay. my, real, my real name is is much much more obscure than that. Wow, it feels very cryptic. Okay, so you do have stage names. Okay, so actually they are kind of your nicknames, and now I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Well, Standaloft is is That's what's his my surname. surname. Yeah. Oh, wow, I can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's quite a rare. It's quite a rare surname. You you should tell him about Bob. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this this guy when we were touring in Australia, there's this guy Bob Standaloft, and uh, he traced our family tree all the way back, and he like got in touch with my dad, and um, and he said if you're ever in Australia, like con- contact me. So I did when I got there, and he's like this 82 year old guy called Bob Standaloft, who's like my eighth cousin removed, and I went and stayed with him for two nights in yeah. Sydney. In Sydney, yeah, and he like took me around the whole city. He was like he was one of them old guys that like seems like he's about 60 still. And it's like, how are you 82? And he was like, full of beans. And just like, um, yeah, it's took amazing. me around the took me around the city. No, Melbourne, sorry, not Sydney. Took me around Melbourne and uh, told me the whole history of our old family tree. That's such just... a sweet story. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, so nice. It was it's so all nice. documented. And he documented it all. And there's like, there's just like a, a hundred in the world, like standoffs at the minute or between 100 and 200 and between Australia and England. No way. So it's like, yeah, and it all like went back to this one point in the 1700s where there was like a clerical error on the name, and that's when it was in, invented. And amazing. That's a good bit. Of, you're a clerical error. That's a good bit of. A, a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit of background story. <laughs> hey, do you know what? Do you, I was going to start. Also, I was going to start this interview by saying uh, I saw you today post about like you could actually do live gigs now, and I was going to say like that's the only thing I've like super missed across like the last year is like going out and having fun you know like mm-hmm. fun because i saw you this is like a long time ago like shindig maybe i guess 2016 maybe 17 i think you got like a girl on like a, like oh, a daughter yeah. of someone right i just seem to remember it being oh, like right, yeah. the most fun gig yeah. and uh that's that's really what i miss you know like lockdown there's oh, I, we've adapted to so many things but just going out and having a laugh and having a good night out that's absolutely mate that contact that community yeah. just your friends and the noise that you get from it, the feeling from it, it's like you don't realise it. And, you know, you don't realise what it was really until it's not there. So how, like, when was the last gig you guys did? It's like well over a year ago, right? Like even yeah, before March? Yeah, it was February, I think. It was, yeah. It was, or March. I think it, I think it was, it, was it in March, Leon? Because we, we were in France so, and France were literally going into lockdown the next day. Yeah. And then England were like, so like we went to this show that was supposed to be sold out at a university and um it was like 250 capacity little venue and uh, 50 people turned up so like people were just scared of going out yeah and uh and then the next day they locked france down and uh we got back to england and um i think everyone was saying we should be in lockdown now but we're not and then mm. it was like a week or two weeks after that we went into lockdown so that was yeah, like just, a yeah. weird two weeks, wasn't it, as well? It was like, everyone was like, I think we should... Well, the whole world seems to be going into lockdown. Yeah. yeah. So you well, guys what? have like been... I mean, instead of live gigging is like your pride. That's what you love doing. So like, what, what what's it been like last year? Just kind of literally just cut the guillotine of gigs, right? Just there's nothing... Yeah, no, no gigs. Weird. Think, <laughs> yeah, it's been weird. It, but I think... Um, I, I think we're... I, I was quite... I quite enjoyed the break, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Like uh, it was, it felt like a sort of bit of a needed 
kind of reset from kind of going at 100 miles an hour all the time. Um, and especially the last couple of years, we've been traveling a lot, a lot of like kind of gigs abroad and, um, and it's just absolutely amazing. But every time you go abroad, it takes like a, a couple of days out of your week or a few days out, you know? Yeah. So like you keep doing it every week and all of a sudden you're like just behind on the rest of your life or like on writing or, yeah. or, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I don't it was a good, ever, sorry. It, yeah, I was just gonna say it was like a wiki break and then the, this just this last like couple months I've been like really thinking like oh god I just I just need to just grab a mic and <laughs> yeah tear, and just like tear it up and just like just have that like yeah just expend some energy and like feel mm. the feel the vibes and yeah I I thought that cause a lot of people have been saying that the whole time and I was like I feel fine yeah <laughs> and then, yeah and then and then it's it's caught me up recently yeah yeah like post christmas it's been like oh jesus really like the longest Whoa. coldest winter as well it's been horrendous yeah. Yeah. it's been like jesus yeah, man. so so the first gig you've got lined up is in september now like proper you're booking tickets we've got some other gigs starting in july a few other a few other festivals but we've just the one we just announced today is long division festival which is epic yeah. In Wakefield, Standaloft's hometown. Nice. Um, yeah. So back, back. I think we've played. It's their tenth and their tenth anniversary this year, and we've played at every single one. Nice. Have have we? Festival? No, we missed. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we've not been going that long, have we? <laughs> <laughs> it's a clerical error. One, 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 one we've not been going error. that long. We've not been going that long, and two, there's like a couple of years we didn't do it. Yeah, uh, 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 since we started doing it, we've done about yeah, five. Yeah, so we've done it every year. Absolutely. Stick to the story, Ross. Stick to the story. Apart from a few. Apart from a few. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, when I picked those songs, and I was like, you're like, oh, they're quite like random selection of songs, and you were like, oh, we have quite. I was trying to like, as I describe, I was going to say like, I'm with too many T's. I want to say your, your obvious hip hop, but there's so many other influences. And then I was listening to one of your albums, and there's like French rappers on there, and I was like, yeah, you you seem to have about as faster like attention span as i do for just different ideas hundreds of different ideas there's always a thread going through it but is that is that kind of each album you're like we want to do something different we want to do something different is that you're just constantly wanting to be inspired by different things basically i mean it's it's a blessing and a curse isn't it in 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 one way it's great to have so many different ideas we're like we're not short of ideas <laughs> but we're also not very good at channeling all our focus into one thing and and nailing it and we've been very lucky to have met, met the people that we have and then with our sort of opportunistic kind of attitude towards it we've jumped on things you're like ross has had a, a better than a, well, wow that's a great idea let's do it our debut album we got had an opportunity to work with a very hugely established artist it was like wow let's do that we were touring in france loads and we'd met so many french artists and we sort of touted this idea around and all of a sudden that developed so it, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's the word, isn't it, Leon? It's like opportunistic. We've just like seen something start unfolding in front of us and just ran with it, yeah. um, as opposed to it all being so like intentional, definitely. But it's like because yeah. I, I I say hip hop, but then like at Shindig when I went, like, that type of festival was very much like in my head. It was like 
break beats, drum and bass, like dubstep. And then there's like, you guys fitted perfectly into that. It didn't in any way feel, it's like, I don't know, mm. that, that's why it's like, I say oh, hip hop, but also it's interesting, like Flux Pavilion, I absolutely love. And I like, when I found out he produced, was it um, your first album, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like, South City, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I just remember seeing him thinking like, he's absolutely incredible. I saw him at Glastonbury and I was like so tired on like the last day and like he just brought the energy up so much. Yeah. So it's like just on your first album, having someone like that. I mean, how, how did yeah. that happen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to not do it, are you? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was such a good opportunity. How did but... you guys meet then? Is it Did you go to him or is he like, I like your music, I'll do an album with you? Was it a Warhammer convention? he says that because flux is super into warhammer and he like is he actually yeah he sits there painting his figurines like as his relaxation time yeah um but uh, no it was it was oddbox so it was co-produced by flux and oddbox and oddbox um is this producer he started off making kind of like swing hop and trip hop and uh and then he was living at my house and he went to uni with Flux and they were like old best mates from a music course at, at uni. Um, like in their halls, like Flux Pavilion got like famous when they were at uni together. And like they were in their halls and like Kanye West came round to their halls to come and like pick up a file of Josh because he put, because he put like uh, one of his first ever tunes that like Kanye West stop. sampled it. it yeah. That? Yeah, they, yeah. I can't stop. Yeah. They were yeah. like, can't stop. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah, they put it on the Kanye and Jay Z album, which is just mental. So like, Ollie was mates with him from back then, like before he was famous and stuff. And um, Ollie Oddbox, and uh, he was like producing for us. And he went round to Josh's house and he played him the stuff we were making. And he was, and then Josh Flux, he was like, "Wow, this is this is really like unique. This is really fresh. Like, can I get involved?" And so like he, we went round to his studio, and it was like, initially track. just. Yeah, initially just to do a track, and then we had, we all just had such a wicked time that night that it was like, shall I just do the whole album? And we were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. So we timing spent- as well, wasn't it? Like he was, he'd done his first album, and he was like keen to sort of establish himself as a ver- more varied producer, and was looking to like get his teeth into an- someone else's project and be yeah. a producer and be like the glue amongst it all. Yeah, so he wanted to do something at the same time we were looking to do something big as well so the timing of it was amazing yeah we were kind of like guinea pigs in a way for where we wanted to take his career as he gets older uh, and kind of move away from like edm stuff yeah. not that he doesn't like it but like just do more he, he just likes all genres of music and he, yeah and he can do them all as well so yeah he, he's like now he's like making like a frank zappa remix album and he's and he's like doing a punk album with this band called peng shui so he's like he, he, that's what he wanted to do and it was just the start of his journey for that and, and we were just making this first album so it was it was super lucky yeah that's so good though I mean just to yeah. be associated with that and then like did you go on tour with him at all or like did you no. kind of carry on uh, we've never no, done we anything did. together live or any, we, anything no, we did like that, that we did that one night didn't we can you remember in, in Bath <laughs> oh yeah and it was it was um, yeah it was Oddbox and then Too Many Tees then Flux Pavilion was the the lineup of the night and what was it a 200 capacity venue in the nest yeah tiny venue just packed full of 18 year olds just going (laughs) (laughs) it it was mad it was was that was like the like it's like peak dubstep as well right so like maybe like two Mm. or three years ago when like 
I, I remember when Bass Cannon came out and you're like, has like I love that song, but it hasn't aged. Yeah. It kind of like that that style of music has been so worked to death. It's like, yeah, psh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it had its, it's had done. its moment in the sun. Yeah, that's mental. So like, and then and then the next album was the was the one with the French rappers, right? That was the. Yeah, I say that yeah. I'm generalizing massively. <laughs> I'm condensing one yes. album into one sentence. The French rapper one. The French rapper one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, pre- pretty much lots of French producers, singers, and rappers, um, and a beatboxer. Yes, but well, we, we we like we had so much. We had a huge amount of success in France. Played a huge festival out there uh, called Transmusical. And then off the back of that, the show, the guy who books it, this guy called Jean-Louis, he's been running the festival for like 35 years or something. He's broken some huge artist in France. He's he's been responsible for it. And And he saw us, heard us, put us on one of the best stages at one of the best times. And we blew the 3,000 crowd away to the point that the next day we had like inquiries from all over France to book us. And we got booked and we went all over France. Wow. It, it yeah. was mad because we'd never played in France before. Like, and then all of a sudden we spent all 2018 just touring around France, <laughs> just from this one show. Like, yeah. it, was, it was it was really bizarre. Yes, yeah, so that's it where like crazy. the opportunity just from that one show took us to yeah, just to all these places in France, and then met all these producers and rappers, and then we were like, got a label in France, and they were just like trying to do an album with everyone. Yeah, and, shout uh, out to Banzai Lab in France because they helped us massively, you know, organizing tours and, and Gilliam as well from Cartel. Like, huge shouts to them guys um, for for all the opportunities in France. It was amazing, man. Like, we went in, we went in, like, just at a whole different level. We were going in and we were, you know, the equivalent of BBC interviews on TV and radio, and but but straight away. It was, you know, when you see an artist over here just come out of nowhere. Yeah. It was a bit like, that's what it was a bit like for us in, in France. That's got to believe it. We were, getting, we were getting met off the plane, you know, with our, with our signs and thrown into the car and then taken to our fancy hotels and like meals. It was completely we were, bizarre. <laughs> we, we, weren't used to, we weren't used to like having a hotel after a gig. That's just not something that we get in England. And then in France, they're just like, they have like chefs backstage and stuff. So like, all the crew will all eat, like, like everyone to the sound guys and the lighting guys, everyone and all the artists, everyone like eats together. But they're like put on this massive free course spread with like different wines. And there's like some wicked chef cooking like meat or fish or vegetarian stuff. And there's all these options. And like, <laughs> we were just like, what? Is this just what everyone gets yeah. in France? And like, like, you guys get food. I don't get, get anything after <laughs> yeah. a gig. In England, you get like warm Carlsberg if you're lucky. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that is it. And you get like, and you're like in some smelly room at the back, you know. Like, yeah, or well, you're given like, a well, at, at the level that we're at. So like, yeah, we were like, we were punching above our weight, big time in France. Came back and, to the uh, UK or cocky. You're like, yeah. Where's my hotel? Where's my driver? <laughs> yeah, where's my hotel? Yeah. So it's you in the car it, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be like a big part of your plan to go? But like the second the borders open, eventually, I'm sure that like France is going to be one of your like mainstays for your your touring again. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think like Ross said at the start of the year, it was quite like let's slow down the touring. It must just, be you relentless. Yeah, you don't understand how much of an impact it has on the rest of your just by stopping. Now you can realize how much of an impact it was, how much time it was taking out of your life. And 
I think we'd have to be a bit more um, concise with our touring schedule rather than just be all the time. You know, I'd, I'd be happy to like intensely tour for a while, but it was just forever, always. And yeah, it's, you it's, couldn't it's, organize anything else, you know. It's interesting you say that because like, I think everyone's had this like time to breathe. I, like you, have loved like being at home and having like I work in London. I'm an architect, but and I try and do all these podcasts, but I was constantly doing stuff all the time. I didn't realize like how much I needed a bit of a rest. And then now I'm like, like you, I'm like, okay, I need to be a bit more structured in how I return back to London. Because I imagine gigging's like a drug, isn't it? You're like, oh, you know, it was so good. Okay, we should do Absolutely. another. And then, and then one thing leads on to another and you're like, I, what am I going to say? No to this guy doing my th- record. Okay, we're off to New Zealand to do a record or whatever. You know, yeah. like, I bet once the momentum picks up back again, you're like, yeah, all right. Let's go to a different country. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's remember this conversation and ask yeah. us in 12 months and see where we're at. It's on the ground. Because like, <laughs> you, you guys have been going, what, since 2011, I'm going to say? Done a bit of research. I think it's yeah. on your. I think, on your... I, think, I, think, I think that's when it was sort of like the the ideas were first incepted. Yeah, and then I think we December um, two thousand and eleven. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. right then two thousand eleven, and then we like did our first gigs and got our first songs together in two thousand twelve, um, and then our first proper release was two thousand thirteen. How uh, how old were you in two thousand eleven? Just asking, just curious. We started quite late, didn't we, Leon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we started we started late late in in our musical careers because most people will start when they're 17 18 we were like ross had got a whole career by this point i'd yeah. moved down to London after uni and had a like a, a a decent career with another with another band so i think you were like i think i was like 25 was, maybe yeah it was like 24 25 um yeah and i was like i sort of i quit my job i was like i worked in um in in construction as well like a sustainability consultant do you deal with them yeah in architecture yeah all the time they're, they're not yeah. many of them have gone into a successful rap career won't like together i still i still i still do it on the side you know because like it's easy like i work with a few architects and they still give me some really? stuff. yeah 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 so like but, but i had like a whole career i'd done like a master's in it and i was like really passionate about it and i like worked for this wicked company and um and yeah, and then me and Leon started rapping together. And it's like, <laughs> this is sick. This is this is wicked. And then we started doing yeah, these gigs in like pubs and stuff in 2012. And I was like, I was like, do you know what? I I reckon I could just. I, I asked a few of my clients, like uh, the place I worked, if they if if they'd employ me if I left the company. And they were like, yeah, we'll give you a bit of work. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna leave and and do this rapping thing with Leon. So and, let's get this um, straight. So Liam was in a band and then his other bandmates. So Liam, who are you rapping with? Oh, it's, uh, he's a sustainability consultant, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's just really good at it. He's proper gangster. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the long-term future, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking if this sustainability thing doesn't work out, I should just be like a hip-hop artist. Right? Uh, so you, you had experience of doing it before then, right? You hadn't just gone, I'm going to start. You, it was a hobby in, in your, like part-time um yeah like yeah there's a bit of a hobby but i'd never performed live before like before i was i was 25 when i first performed live yeah and um and yeah it was never on my radar as something that i wanted to do and i think without leon without the kind of chemistry that me and and leon have got it would have just never happened because like we Mm. just performed live and it was like whoa there's something 
kind of magic about this you know like and it wasn't until those first few gigs i was like whoa this is like you know i, di I didn't leave what i was doing lightly or like take a break i was like this this could go somewhere and it's really fun um and before that i would just i just made hip-hop i made my own beats and some raps just just for the fun of it yeah but i was i was crap i, I wasn't very good i really wasn't <laughs> I, I like i really wasn't man and like leon was sick like leon was really sick so he'd been doing it a lot you know like and and I had like this crazy steep like learning curve the first couple of years we were going where I went from what I'd consider like now a pretty shit rapper to to someone who was all right, you know. I'm not gonna lie, it sounds a little bit like a Will Ferrelly comedy if you were to explain this to me. <laughs> like you <laughs> yeah. just decided one day to be in a hip hop duo and Leon, you're actually in hip hop in a were you in a hip hop band before or a different type of band? <clears throat> yeah, but I was also doing some like MC coaching courses. I used to I used to run so there so Ross Ross signed up to my coaching course. I was in a hip hop band. I was in a hip hop band before called Queen's English. Um and we all got to a certain age and people wanted to do slightly different things and some people were moving away and it just it it just it wasn't working in a way. And me and Ross had kind of I met Ross in Wakefield when I was at uni. And we'd like hung out and we'd jam and we'd just like have a few little raps. And then every sort of like few months we'd, we'd meet up and we'd, we'd write some raps for fun. And then he'd move to London and then we were sort of just writing more songs together. And that, that kind of crossed over with my band stopping. So it was a kind of natural evolution of mm. it. And then we, we started performing more and more together and... Nice. The rest is history. <laughs> and then here we are. Because I think like the, the kind of the theme of the Create More podcast is that uh, that kind of moment when you decide to turn your like your passion, your hobby into like your professional. That's your life now. And I think that just that moment I'm fascinated with, you know, some of the other guys like uh, one guy's like a massive YouTube star. And it like I interviewed him five years ago when he had like 5000 YouTube mm. followers or whatever. And now he's got like a million and a half and he runs a team of like 14 people. And it was just wow. it was just really cool. Like it, he hasn't changed. It's just he's believed in himself and just got better and better and better. And I think I'm fascinated with that kind of that moment where you're like, you like you two on stage. You're like, do you know what? Fuck. Yeah. This is a thing. You definitely do yeah. this. Is that what it felt? Was it like pretty obvious from like day one? You're like, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> I reckon we could probably pin it down to that. The gig. It was at the dirty South, that gig in Lewisham. Right. Yeah. Where, um, uh, Oliver Sudden was outside rapping at the end. Right, and we'd we'd not long come back from Morocco. It was, I think, it was our first ever gig, and we were like, it was a proper hip hop heads night, and we're like, hey guys, we're gonna do some raps for you, and and people were a bit like, what the hell's going on? But the response was just that. What was what what was that? That's wicked. Whatever you're doing, this is great. Yeah, and I think it was a bit like, oh right, this is. This maybe this is a bit special actually. We should we should carry on. And then the 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 video that we shot in Morocco, the response to that was I I so positive. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we were just doing our own thing as well. And like, there's not that many, like in UK rap, a lot of it's quite sort of backpackery and about smoking weed and not having any money. And like, like that's what a lot of the the time you know around this time, like early 2010s. You know, a lot of the hip hop was like that and there wasn't that much that was kind of like on a positive tip and like 
a throwback to that early 90s kind of block party fun vibe. Um, so I think we sort of naturally just because the music that we like kind of inclined towards that and, and that funky mm. style. And um, there just wasn't many people doing it, which is, I think it was, it kind of felt refreshing, I think, yeah. to, to people. And then we were like, oh, right, wicked. I think we're doing something that's like got yeah. its own, own like uniqueness, you know? Well, it's interesting to see, you know, that video like I put on Instagram of like my kids playing that song. That was 2013. Yeah, and I was just about to talk about that one. Actually. Yeah, and so you on. have it like, it doesn't like, you've obviously grown in like experience and like in, in like quality, I guess. But like ultimately the, the vibe and the kind of feeling is still, it's still there. It's still like, I think one of your songs says like baseline punchlines. Like it's, it's funny, but it's also good. And, and you do, do some more serious <laughs> songs, which I like as well. But ultimately seeing you live it's just really really good fun <laughs> you yeah know, proper jump around fun it's not moody hip-hop it's not yeah. like it dub drum and bass which just has a like a like a lyric just pasted on top of it it's yeah. like you know like you're actually rapping to the you know you built the music and the rap at the same time it's really good yeah there's, cer- there's certainly a, an element of entertainment that we that we bring to it in t- intentionally you know which maybe isn't so much there in I don't, I don't want to, this is generalizing massively, but you know, it's not just about the bars and being sick at rapping. It is about how can we entertain people best? What, you know, what's going to, what's going to work in this environment and creating songs and live shows around that. It, I think it makes it more accessible for a much wider Mm. range of, of people. Like the amount of times we have someone coming up to us being like, I don't like hip hop but I love you guys. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's one of the most common phrases we'll hear after, after a gig. And I think that's, you know, the gateway drug to hip hop. I think we've, we've been called. Nice. Well, I think cause it's two of you as well. You're kind of egging each other on, like, especially like the, the, the stronger, the better than stronger than tougher than song. It's like, you clearly you're both trying to like outdo each other, which I guess is what <laughs> makes it, you want to be funny as well. Yeah. Yeah, there is yeah definitely <laughs> i like um it's 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 been like a crazy year for you guys like what what have you but what have you been doing like for the last year without l- gigs to do what have you done what's what's your like <laughs> calm time been other than making a rap that is incredibly hard to rap with a five-year-old <laughs> <laughs> i was like uh, you're ready i'm ready he's like ready no 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 i say i'm ready you're ready then you say i'm ready you're ready he's like you're ready i'm like no 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 all right so it's too difficult <laughs> <laughs> it's too difficult yeah, that bit. yeah. <laughs> i think we realized after we like done done the thing is like i think this is too hard <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah we've purposely written something difficult uh, how are we going to get other people to do it but have you have you been going kind of like investing in the kind of social media site to like trying to build build that like audience back up online and then and then you know the second gigs are available? Yeah, a, a little bit I Dabbled. guess. We, we we've like we're we're not I think neither of us are massive like social media fiends where we're like on it all the time or wanna be you know like so um, I think we but we've been making stuff still so like every month or two we've put something out um and like built a little like campaign around it and like a couple of the things have like done really well like the the back-to-back rap did like it was one of the most shared things we've ever had i think like on facebook and um and yeah so like we've we've like steadily built some stuff and then we've written a whole bunch of tunes that we're going to release this year so um yeah yeah we were just having a chat earlier about like videos and stuff 
for for all the new all the new tunes. Uh, yeah, we got like a real packed year. It's kind of like we were kind of like recouping a bit, assessing our position, chilling yeah. out, realizing what we want, having big discussions about the project as like a whole, you know, and where it's like going and how it fits into our our lives, and. Um, and then put out a few things, tested a few things this last year as well. Yeah, that's what and I was going to say. It's been a bit of testing and experimentation this last 12 months. And I think we've kind of got a nice little grab on it now for the next 12 months. In, in yeah. what way? What, so what, what, in what direction have you been going from to test in a new direction? Like, is it, yeah, what, what have you been doing? We, we, we were looking at doing like, um, yeah, more like to camera stuff and some more like, kind of more overtly comedy stuff. So we tried this like little series called um, uh, We Rap, You Decide. Right, and yeah. and the it, we were kind of letting fans like just give us suggestions about what we rap about. And then we were making up like stupid songs based on what people were saying. And we did that for a few weeks and it was like, just just to see if we could do this like interactive thing and see if we enjoyed it. And we were like, it's cool, but we don't really enjoy it actually that much. That or I think we we were just like I think we prefer to write actual songs. You know what I mean? The, yeah. Well, the, it's taking the, the, four, three or four days to. It was taking us the time. Yeah. It was all our week, and we just no time to do anything else. And great idea, loved it, but not possible with the time we've got. It's quite yeah. labour-intensive investing in social media, isn't it? It's like once uh, once you start, it's just like it just gets harder and harder to maintain that level of investment. Absolutely, and it's yeah. so saturated, you're almost doomed to not reaching the level that you aim to. Mm. So you're almost doomed for kind of a little bit of disappointment. And when you're putting in so much effort and energy you don't want that <laughs> yeah i totally agree there's so much content and it's like mm. relatively good but so much of it that it's like so difficult to stand out i think maybe that's why your um two rappers thing was because it, it was a bit rough wasn't it it was like you two doing it it wasn't like the, the one you actually put on social media wasn't recorded with mics it was just recorded on a phone right yeah it had that mm, element of like a you, you, you're a house party or something that's where it was mm. like ah oh, yeah that's what i miss right. being with my mates and just rapping and being right. funny like that's it's fun. interesting yeah because we we're definitely like what is it about that that did that did so well it's interesting to hear it from you know not us what from someone like yourself as to what it was that you you found special about it yeah because uh, like all of like so which is the one of your videos you did was it like literally on facebook live it was like a facebook live yeah, music yeah, video, yeah, right? yeah yeah it had that kind of like that uh, energy to it which i think mm. your gigs have as well which i think what is what translates really well on the the back-to-back -back mm. rap is like that's the that's the fun bit isn't it that's the bit that's the that's the thing that you bring and i think most of the stuff on social media is so like polished or it's like tiktok style like videos and stuff it's like <laughs> yeah. kind of miss that rawness of this is it like the... e bottled energy i guess isn't it it's like running into a room and just filming something and running back out again it's like there's no there's no rehearsal to it um yeah i think that's it yeah the sort of polished thing because there's some music videos that we've spent like thousands of pounds on and like <laughs> they've been the piece of art you know what i mean that's like oh this is so sick and we'll build this whole campaign around it and then yeah, we do some raps in a kitchen and it pops off. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it don't make it don't it don't make any sense. But but you're right. There's like this sort of like magic element to certain certain videos and um, it's because yeah, it, like I don't like because I, I assumed from that video that you guys live mm. together. I think that's where I was like I'll just I'll, I'll just drive to you. Right. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. realize because because you're in the same room and I, I honestly think 
people are so bored of singular video shots of people just talking or doing something like everyone wants to have like 10 people in a room in a room yeah. inside how crazy yeah. would that be yeah wow <laughs> yeah. imagine so, so are you guys getting into the studio again soon then like is that the plan to do, record another album or you, is it more like singular tracks again uh we think singles but yeah definitely getting back in back in the studio when we can when the studios are open again we're sort of we're 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 bound by rules and regs and a and a and a slightly annoying virus at the moment. <laughs> Bloody pandemic. But yeah. yeah, I think I think it's in like when when they're opening Leon, is it like in a couple of weeks or something? Yeah. The, 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 like our studio in London. Um so I think we can go and record some stuff. And yeah, we've got like we've got a whole bunch of tunes and we've just discussing just today, like, do we we've probably got enough tunes to make an album and it's like do we do all these tunes go on an album or like an EP or do we just do singles? And, uh, and again, there's all these like questions. It's like, we want to get stuff out. So maybe singles is better. Um, but also just the way people consume content these days, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you can put all this energy and effort into an album, but someone might only listen to the two free singles that you put out. And then it's just like your core fans or listen to the, the album. Mm. So like, I don't know. It's like, I, f- I think we're going to do singles because of that. And then when there's a reason to make an album, like it's one producer, the whole thing, or we're producing it and it feels like a, it needs like a bow on the top. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> then, then we do an album. And I think just like, there's something really nice about doing an album because you get like the artwork and you get the vinyl. Yeah. And it's just like sexy in it, you know? So that's, that's <laughs> what I miss. Like I was thinking one of the annoying things about Spotify when you release an album is you can see which of the unpopular tracks you know, if you sold like a hundred thousand albums, you'd just be super pumped that you sold a hundred thousand albums. How amazing is that? And then you go on Spotify and you're like, oh, I can see like track seven, like no one really likes. But the, I guess the half of the fun about doing an album is you can put tracks that are special and not odd, but you you know they're different and you put them in anyway because you'll be three quarters of the way through an album. It's like a story, isn't it? And you want to put yeah. That, yeah. that odder song in there, and then you like you guide people through the whole, you narrate them through the whole listening process. Yeah, but then yeah. the popular ones just jump straight to the top of your feed, and everyone just goes to the top five songs on your thing, and you're like, no, no, yeah. no, listen to them in order because yeah. it's like a concept album. It's really annoying. You want to like lock them in, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you spend a lot of time formulating the order of the album. You know, we went back and forth for weeks talking about what, no, that song should go there because then the energy will dip and then that'll bring it up. For, you know, it's a, it, you're creating a, uh, you know, an ebb and flow and a storyline through the album. Yeah, and you do kind of lose it, unfortunately, with the way Spotify works. Is, is, is it kind of changed? Where, so when did Spotify get introduced? Like, if you've been going around since 2011, is was Spotify, it wasn't that big in 2011. So it was record sales and now suddenly it's all shifted so like online streaming, or do you still sell rec like CDs and stuff? How does it like what what's what <laughs> the music? <laughs> Sounds so old school when you just I know. CDs. <laughs> the, you even said disc. it like, uh, can I say this? <laughs> mini discs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loved mini discs. I was such a big mini disc fan. Um, for those two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we we still sell CDs and vinyls at, at gigs mainly. So um, yeah, we don't. We we've sort of. Our merch store's never been... We've never pushed our merch store properly, ever, ever, really old. It's just been like... Not a, merch. Not merch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's like just been... Because uh, we've always performed so much, that's always been the basis of our like whole yeah, plan, really. Sales. You know, like is like 
doing it live and I think now we're just we're kind of making a lot more new merch and we've got like a, a new website launching and stuff mm. um for like a kind of t-shirt shop that we're going to be doing so nice. we're kind of switching it to that and then we've still got loads of cds and vinyls that we'll sell at gigs but um hopefully we can shift some of them not at gigs as well like we still I... sell them like every there's a few a few a few you know like kind of getting sold every week but yeah, because uh, yeah. I miss the concept art and stuff in albums, you know, like the CD covers, especially vinyls. You're like, I never actually, never. I, I'm not, not going to lie, I never really bought vinyls. But CDs, you had like the proper booklets, you know, you pull them out and it had all yeah. the art in it. It was wicked. And the lyrics and... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like, totally, man. They were there. There's good... Collect- uh, that's the thing I miss as well, the collections of CDs. Annoyingly, the CD collection I have was like like a weird static point in time where I was maybe from like 11 to 21 where I bought CDs. So like if anyone goes into like the other room, it's like, wow, you have a really old collection of CDs. Yeah. Wow. You've got all three indie. of all Saint, all Saints albums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you know what? Chumba Wumpa. Yeah. Do you, did you ever hear of a band called H Blocks? H Blocks. No. Anyway, no. there was a song you did and I was like, oh, maybe that's uh anyway. Ignore that bit, but yeah. So oh, it sounded like a sample from H Block. Yeah, it was like yeah. Anyway, because I was trying set, to set, send the tune over. Okay, I was trying to work out yeah. like I was. I was going to try and be clever at the beginning and say, "Oh, I noticed some of your inspirations." Are <laughs> and I was like, no, "I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm absolutely not going there." <laughs> oh, come on, have you got any other guesses though? Any? <laughs> I'm not going to do them in front of you. I'll maybe email them to you. <laughs> what about this one? Is this, is this a reference? And uh, and then I guess um. I like we're coming up a bit to the hour mark, so I kind of I'll wrap it up. But your in one of your latest songs, grew up in the nineties. Uh, I watched the YouTube video. I listened to it on, and I was like, it was I loved it. And then I watched the YouTube thing, and I was so nostalgic because <laughs> you had so much stuff popping up. So for people who haven't watched Grew Up in the Nineties, you can go on YouTube. But I'm just going to read out in the first minute the number of references that you have to things that I hold dear when in my in my young years. You had X-Files, Power Rangers, Jurassic Park, Coolio, Jamiroquai, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Clarissa Explains All, Friends, Simpsons, Rugrats, Ace Ventura, Pogs, <laughs> Push Pops, Baywatch, Hooch, Nokia, Matrix Phone, Gladiator, Stretch Armstrong, Rebot Pumps, Mega Drive and a Super Soaker. Wow. Oh, honestly, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> It's quite it impressive really when you fun. read that. Yeah, it was really fun writing it. Like we were like, yeah, it's super nostalgic. It was like, oh, all that stuff. It just like, oh, back went back in a simpler time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Because I can, I literally could, I could hear your cogs going of you saying it to him and him going, do you remember? Oh, what about? Oh, now you've made me think of this. And do you remember? Like, it was some yeah. of those images I haven't seen for so long. <laughs> It was so much fun, mate, writing it and going back and finding the finding the images for the video and everything and the clips like Phil, the guy who made the video, he smashed it out the park with all the clips that he found and put in the in the in the video. Like, there was it a was... weird old TV series that our mate Phil, he was like a child actor and he stuffed <laughs> he stu- he stuffed in a little scene from the, the show that he was on. Yeah. Is it the kid with the clock in the background? Yeah. I think it's that. Yeah. I think it's that show. Yeah. Yeah. I because yeah. I have this. Okay, so I'm again. I, you probably don't remember. There was this really weird show, and we. Were, I say we now because I recognise the age group now. That like it was something like the the boy who sold his laugh or something. It was the weirdest like ITV kids oh. program. You know those ones that they would was never. Was that get? it? Because he won't I, tell us. He won't tell me what it is. Do you know what the show's called? I, I, Bernard's Watch. No. No, it Burn wasn't is, that. Uh, maybe, it, maybe it's yeah. That that makes sense. No, the, but not, this... no, that's not what he was in, though, is it? 
No, it's not. It was really obscure. And he was like, no one can remember it. But I think this was, this was a weird one that was dubbed. But this was back in the time when clearly Telly didn't have enough. <laughs> enough the boy to... who sold his laugh. Yeah, honestly. The... <laughs> so, do you know what? It sounds like I've made it up, but I've looked it up. And I'm going to send you a link to it. It's the oddest kids program ever. S- send it, because if that's Phil's, that would be amazing. So the guy who made the video... If you've uncovered... Yeah, if you've uncovered this, then... There's some, there's some like you know like Phil's the car- gonna hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you know those cartoons that are so obviously riddled with drug references that are so obvious now when you're older and you're at the time you're like yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh man, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed that song. And just hear, just hearing that list then of all the things that are in it, it's like, wow, I can't believe we included that many things i was, was going to as a joke list. read them all out and then after like a minute i was like okay this, i've already got like 30 I can't, I can't go through the whole video yeah but yeah that's why i like the video because you're flashing them all up in the background and uh yeah. and i was like oh i remember like when will smith fresh prince of bel-air i was like why can't i have hair like will smith and my mum was like <laughs> um <laughs> not gonna work mate you're not, um you know <laughs> it's not gonna happen ben. <laughs> try and permit for you so you've got so I, why, why don't you guys live together? Why why so you you actually have a recording studio in London and then you've both you, you were you London based normally but the the lockdown has meant you've gone back to other houses. Is that how it works? Things have changed in the last twelve months hugely into in and our local. We were living in London, and then lockdown. We both left London, and then I think we both realised that we don't need to be in London. Um, so I moved back to Leicester. Ross went back to Wakefield. Um, and we'll then see we what happens next. Interesting. Yeah. But I we would... never, we've, we've never lived together even when we were in London, but it was like just around the corner. Um, um, but, but yeah, but we went to Portugal, didn't we mate, last year? So we went back to our like parents for a bit and then we both went to live in Portugal for like four months of the lockdown last year. Nice. Um, yeah. Which was which was wicked. So it was just probably really useful, wasn't it, mate? Because we actually got time to spend together to have all these conversations and try out these ideas to sort of get us to where we are. Yeah. Where man. we are now. And spend some time in the sunshine and learn how to same. paint a house and do all sorts of uh handiwork. It's a proper smart move going abroad during lockdown. I've got some friends that went to like Dubai over Christmas and they're, they're still there. They mean, just come back. They've been like, <laughs> just stayed there for like four months. Yeah. Well, even after four months, people in England were like, why are you coming back? Don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what people said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even now I'm like, yeah, why aren't you still in Portugal? All right. So <laughs> I, I'll wrap that up, but I want to say, I want to say thanks. It was super exciting. And actually I'm just really excited to see, <laughs> see you guys live again. I would say see anyone live, but obviously even more so you. Um, and then Thanks, so is, there, is there another single coming out soon or anything is there anything on the horizon or are you just playing it by ear soon yeah, there's, a, there's, there's a couple of bits yeah we got a um, like a tune that we're doing about trees so like last year we uh, last year we raised like a, a, a <laughs> load of money to, to plant <laughs> <laughs> it's not a funny tune no. um, we raised a load of money to plant a thousand trees and we're doing that at the end of April this year. So there's like 30 of our fans coming down to plant these thousand trees with us. Nice. And um, and we do, we've just made a song about trees and about like sort of about climate change, but mainly about trees. And um, we've done it with this dude, Josh Whitehouse, who's an actor, musician, and uh, he's in a band called More Like Trees as well. So we've like collabed up 
to nice. call, to to form too many trees and do this song. So that'll be out in <laughs> April. Um, and then yeah, then we got a whole bunch of singles like nearly one a month for for the rest of the year. Yeah. That actually sounds like a pretty savvy way to drop music now. Not like one album in one go, but actually like drip feed it over the year. And then you've got festivals coming up. Is it festivals? Not festivals. No one's, is it it's just one-off days or is it actual festivals now? I think, uh, hopefully, it's full-on festivals. Come on, festivals. Starting in July. But watch this space. That's the who, plan. Who knows? Yeah, there's loads. We, well, we've got like eight festivals booked in, but... I don't know if they're going to happen or not, but at the moment they're happening. So, come on, come on, festival. Because I mean, I sorry, I was just going to ask you. You've played with some like you've like been supporting some absolutely amazing people. Did you? Did I read you went on before Snoop Dogg? As in, so you supported Snoop Dogg? I read it in one interview. I'm not sure if that's true. We played the same event as Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he, nice. I think he was on like two people after us. Nice. He, he was a, he came in with such a huge entourage everyone had to clear the backstage yeah. he came through with his entourage smoking this huge <laughs> joint and he and he was smoking on stage in the club you, you, you can't smoke indoors can you right I went, especially I, not weed yeah. <laughs> yeah I went up to the bouncer I was like uh, as, a, as a joke just to see what he'd do I was like excuse me you know he's smoking on stage, and the, and, the, and, the, and the bouncer, the bouncer turned to me. and was like, "Yeah, but it's Snoop Dogg," as if, as if like you know he can do what he wants, <laughs> and I guess he can. You In know, the crowd, excuse me, <laughs> That's yeah. legal. Yeah, um, everybody, can you have you seen? So Shut up! He's so good though. He's just like just smoking spliffs the whole way through his set, and just all the security guards are there going like. I'm not going to be that dude that tells Snoop Dogg to stop smoking weed. Like, yeah, what's more dangerous, one person smoking or a riot? Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. get out, Mate, Mr. Snoop. The Enough. size of his bodyguards, you wouldn't dare anyway. Yeah. They were massive. The biggest ma- the biggest bloke I've ever seen. I mean, I'm not that big anyway, so everyone's quite big to me, but he was massive. <laughs> Absolutely huge. You wouldn't mess we- with him. We were gutted, man, because we were like, you know, we're playing this event. It was Dutty Moonshine asked us to play with them and they were supporting Snoop Dogg. So it was like us and Dutty Moonshine doing a, a kind of like joint set. And um, and we were just expecting to go down there and be in the dressing rooms and then him being like one down next to us and we could go and like knock on the door and stuff. And it was like, yeah, like half an hour before we got there, just got cleared out. Like the president had arrived. Yeah, yeah. We'd we'd been in his we'd been in his uh, in his green room though and put some too many tea stickers on the wall so we got to <laughs> yeah. see that. They come and punch holes through the wall to try and get them off. <laughs> oh well, I really, really cannot wait for you guys to perform. And uh, actually, just just talking about festivals has made me ludicrously excited. That that first bit of sunshine we had a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, it's summer. It's basically summer. Oh my yeah, god, it's summer. Yeah, and then yeah. and now like there's fucking hail outside and I'm like, oh Jesus. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. like thirteen degrees, but it was a bit sunny. So it was like, wow. It yeah. was so I, good. I went down to London two weekends ago and I went for a walk one evening of these days. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago on the weekend, and someone was having a barbecue. Oh. No lie. <laughs> it's like the first sign of sunshine. <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> You would though, wouldn't you? I mean, because I went to a, it was funny actually, like I took my five-year-old to a skate park and it was sunny and he'd never been to a skate park. And I was like, talking of all these 90s wonderful things, I was like, oh man, I used to love like skateboarding and rollerblading. And I'm like, 
can I buy some rollerblades? <laughs> I was like, should I revert to a full child again? I was like, this is so yeah. unfair. He's got a whole <laughs> skate park to himself. Like, I, they've built loads of concrete skate parks near us. I never had that. Yeah. You had to like, you had to mm. fight against the big kids to go on a skate park. And like, you had to drop yeah. in, fall off, have the piss taken yeah. out of you. It was like, it was intense. And I was like, I'm jealous. <laughs> you should get some, you should get some blades. That's, that's the whole point in kids, isn't it? You like, you get to do yeah. all that stuff again. Well, yeah. yeah well do you know what's funny actually like you had like a power rangers clip in that 90s song and he's he's watching power rangers not the new one the original one that i used to watch because he thinks it's better and i was like it's so weird going into a room and seeing wow. like terrible Smart. power rangers that you haven't seen for yeah. <laughs> he knows he knows he knows wise <laughs> well ross leon thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it it's been brilliant Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having us, man. Legend. Cheers, Ben. There you go. That was episode 28 with Leon and Ross from Too Many Teas. Uh, it's always it's always quite fun. I've done it maybe three or four times where I've uh, kind of interviewed people on the podcast that I was like a big fan of before. And there's always like a hesitation, like what will it be like to meet the people that you really, really like? Uh, and it's so satisfying to say they're just... Just really cool, really lovely down-to-earth guys, and it was so easy to chat to them. Um, and I, I was going to give a bit, kind of a bit of like background info on maybe how I do the podcast. So uh, not normally I would do this in person, and I maybe have a few like uh, to be honest, I just have a few questions that I just memorise because I think it works so much better if you're looking them in the eye, and uh, you get a much more natural conversation. Also, I like to just let the like conversation go where it wants to go. And I have a, like maybe five questions I just memorize in my head, like anchor points, and then I work around them. But what I did in this one, I had this like huge, like 32 inch PC monitor in front of me. So as I was interviewing them over Zoom, obviously the webcam's looking at me and I can, I'm looking at the webcam, but I can see the monitor right behind me. So what I did, um, just so I could remember all the stuff. And I wanted to kind of, as you heard in the podcast, I wanted to like make some jokes about the lyrics and I had to have them like all on a screen or whatever. So what I did, if you, if anyone's used Miro board, if you haven't, cannot recommend it enough. It's like a, it's like an, a web browser, it's huge infinite scrolling whiteboard and you can zoom right into like tiny little text and you can zoom right in and have a thousand screenshots all on one big screen. And then you can zoom in and out. It's like scaleless basically. And I had all this information. I'd screenshotted like lyrics and I'd screenshotted their album artwork and like where, you know, like this, the, the, the songs they had on Spotify had like 20 of these things all behind. So what it meant was while I was looking at the webcam talking to them, I could like very subtly like zoom in and out and see the screen behind the webcam in front of me, just kind of with all this information. Um, so yeah, if you're a, if you're a podcast interviewer or actually anyone who likes having like a mind map of information, Mirrorboard, cannot recommend it enough. There you go, bit of background info. Thank you so much for listening. On the next episode, we have Deborah Stevens, who is going to be a published author. And I've known her for quite a long time and I'm really excited about the podcast. I was going to issue it last week, but I decided to flip the two podcasts because it's my podcast and I do what I want. Thanks for listening. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm -hmm. 